0: Some of my regular listeners may raise an eyebrow when they listen to my guest Kathleen Carlson this Saturday morning. Kathleen has authored a book called Vocal Medicine, Transformation Through Sound. She also plays a beautiful sounding harmonium. She chants mantras and Kathleen is leading a small group of musicians called the Shakti Bliss Kirtan Band. Please tune in to learn more. It's Gazootite with Jacobus. Live Saturday mornings at 8. Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the program. It's nice to be with you. As I say, it is every Saturday morning, and I truly mean it because it is a special time for me to, uh, to spend three hours with you. And I do not take it lightly. It takes a lot of work, but at the same time, it is so enjoyable to meet people and different people, people I haven't talked to for a while, or, 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 you know, just to be introduced to people. We all have a story to tell, and I want to give them a chance to tell their story and to tell us more about the field of health, healing and healthy lifestyles, the way they interpret it and live it and practice it. It's all good. Now, as always... I have to make a disclaimer that as we talk about health healing and healthy lifestyles, we're not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, I do not expect that today's program is going to give us any cures or any remedies that say we'll cure all diseases, but it's a very interesting program. I really enjoy having my guest Kathleen Carlson in the studio with me, and I think uh, you're going to enjoy it as well. I just want to let you know always when you are looking for healthy answers, go on the internet, find books, magazines, talk to a physician of your choice, just learn more, become the best educated person that you can be in your own quest for better health. In any case, um, some of you may be listening and haven't had breakfast yet. Uh, If you are interested in getting your blood test done, you can go to the bozeman deaconess health fair that is going on today i think it started at eight o'clock and i will run for quite a while if you have if you didn't eat for the last 10 to 12 hours you can go there and for a very very good price you can get a lot of things tested in your blood it's probably good to have at least once done once a year i highly recommend you check or check the box on the vitamin d d3 level we want to know that and if you're a man, get your PSA checked and, and if you have worries about heart, get your homocysteine and C reactive protein tested. Those are very, very important and are all part of the package. In any case, good morning to you. Nice to be with you. My guest, Kathleen Carlson. Let me tell you a little bit about her. I, I tell you, I got some information from her website. Kathleen Marie, you want to go by Marie? Marie's fine. Wait, oh, wait. Why why am I not hearing you? Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, Yeah. you have to speak loud, loudly. There we go. Kathleen Marie Carlson's primary interests have always been the arts, healing, and spirituality. As a teenager, she began to pursue complementary health and alternative philosophies and ideas in earnest. She began to attend conferences and lectures on everything from Atlantis to Native American prophecies to the Egyptian pyramids to color and music therapies. Kathleen attended several universities after high school and graduated with a bachelor's degree in studio art, a master's degree in humanities with a thesis on the scientific and aesthetic connections between color and sound. And she completed a year of doctoral studies in adult and higher education. That was actually here at Montana State University. Yep, right here. She spent over a decade living in intentional communities intentional communities, Quaker, Sufi, and New Age, eventually meeting her husband, Andrew, settling in Bozeman and having a family of five children. Kathleen is the author of almost 200 articles and the book Flower Symbols, The Language of Love. In the last decade, she has held over 70 art exhibits and created nearly 100 educational presentations and workshops. Kathleen loves to share her passion for transformation and the healing power of the arts. Now, you can find more information, and there's a lot of information on the websites. One is called Kathleen Carlson, and Carlson is spelled K-A-R-L-S-E-N. Kathleen Carlson, K-A-R-L-S-E-N.com. Or you can go to Shakti Bliss ShaktiBlissKirtan.com, which we'll give out uh, later as well. Uh, her phone number, if you want to get a hold of her at some point... That is 3235 Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. Yeah,
0: it's nice. Definitely nice to have you in the show. Well, I, I tell you, just going through your uh, website, I think it's already so interesting to talk to you because uh, you, you, you have this interest. We're going to talk about the chanting and the harmonium that you brought with you. But there is more to the person. I see your artwork is incredible, beautiful, just beautiful. I saw pictures, and you love to write. I read a few of your blog posts. Uh, there's just a lot going on in that noodle of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: yes, there is. Um, one of the things that I really love is to try to bring all of these things together, to try to bring uh, the connection between art and music. Yeah. Um, you know, with the chanting right now, I'm almost going down two different tracks. So I have the art and the love of everything from mandalas and yantras to more abstract work. And then the music, uh-huh. which uh, my my real passion is sacred music at this point, you know, taking the form of kirtan, which is a, a Hindu approach to chanting. Um, but bringing those together is something that I would see in my future, you know, bringing uh, the the yantras that go with the mantras and trying to create uh, a multimedia kind of experience that brings all of that together. So it's multi-sensory. Yes. So you have what you're hearing, what you're seeing, you know. And there's some of that has, has been done in the past, like uh, discos, for example. You know, when they bring in light shows and strobe mm-hmm. lights, you know, that that has a very powerful psychological impact. Mm-hmm. So when you can start to get into combining them, it's great. Right now, it's almost like a trident. You know, that's like an a, a ancient like a bit, sphere like a fork, with, yeah. yeah, like a fork, you know. So, yeah. so I'm sort of in the middle, uh, you know, trying to write and share and teach. And then on the one side of me is the art, and on the other side is the music.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I see. The, uh, what an outlet because you have five children so you must be busy you have been busy yes but you have been able to somehow juggle this with your family life for a while and now as the children are getting a little older and you're able to uh, to be to have more freedom you are you're just blooming i think yeah a, i
1: feel i feel like um like all of my life of course you know all of the years that i spent with the children my children at this point are between 14 and 26 So there's four boys, and then my oldest is a daughter. So, you know, I was uh, devoted heart and soul for Mm -hmm. two, two and a half decades, you know, with the children, homeschooled children, um, you know, loved cooking, uh, healthy food. Um, You know, even when the children were in school, and they've been in many different schools and in and out of private schools and homeschooling, uh, was very, very involved in field trips, you know, teaching art in the school system. Yeah, Um, And now I feel like, all of that was almost prologue and that's not to denigrate that in any way, but it's just to say that it was all training that got me to where I am now. Yeah. So at this point, you know, um, rather than starting to look at retirement, it's like, wow, I got now I'm at the starting line and now I'm looking at, you know, where I'm going in the future. And it, it's great fun for the kids, too, because, you know, they had mom at home for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, I worked all the time, but I've always worked at home. So that mm-hmm. I could go back and forth between, you know, being with the kids and, and, uh, and my work Yeah. and, you know, now just really getting out into the community and meeting people like you and, uh, you know, really establishing connections outside of the family. Yeah. So it's a fantastic new era for mm-hmm.
0: me. Yeah, it is. It's almost, uh, uh, awkward, a little awkward, uh, new, you almost feel like a young child again because yeah. you, you see so many new things and, you, you're kind of uncertain about it and uh, it's not just easy to move around in it I have the same thing i I've had to work so much and for me to be eventually in the retail uh changed a lot about myself too i I had to you know learn how to do that and be with people and I enjoy people but it doesn't mean it's easy all the time you know uh, so it is it, it grows and i I think a lot of it Kathleen is you feel you're following your heart, I think, and and I think because of that, that is your strength and your guiding light, and it is something that inspires you to say, you know what, I really do this with the right reason, and and so I just keep plugging along, and I, all of a sudden, you'll find that doors are opening and opportunities are coming, and I I I believe I believe in astrology, and and I had my astrological chart done once uh, when I turned forty, and my wife gave it to me as a birthday present. And uh, the person who had done my charts, he said, oh, Jacobus's life is going to open up in the second half. So <laughs> I go like, well, I guess yeah. I'm there. You know,
1: that's very funny. I had uh, my mother, um, my, my parents are Catholic, and uh, my dad was in the military, so I grew up in a very conservative family. And uh, my mother, uh, in, in addition to, you know, very conservative values, and they were fantastic parents, very, very stable, um, that she also had a great interest in Eastern things and a great interest in New Age things. So by the Mm -hmm. time I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. she actually sent a photograph of our family to uh, a psychic. And one of the things that the psychic said about me was, she will blossom late. And so it's been a joke between my mother and myself. You know, when I hit 40, 45, I said, Mom, is it late enough yet? You know,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. And it is for me. I have seen indeed uh, it's it's happening. I I I feel I'm I'm different. Uh, but everything before was prologue, right? Yeah. Prologue. And um, but you needed all of it. You needed every day and every year and every struggle. And 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 um, I. There is a certain. Are, we all have certain characteristics that we get from our parents, and there is a certain genetic makeup and there's other circumstances that make us who we are. And there's uh, the accidents and incidents and falling down and getting in fights and whatever it is that eventually get you to the point where you are, you are where you are today. So yeah. there's no people's on say, if you could do it all over again, what would you do? I'm going, kind of like, guess I'll do the, same thing. do the same thing, you know, because I like where I am today. Yep. And I, I go like, if that was the path I had to take to get here, then I'll do it all over again.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, um, because I have been focusing and really emphasizing chanting in kirtan for the last couple of years, it was almost like starting with the hardest thing, and then everything else gets easier. Because you know, people say that speaking in public, uh, people are more afraid of speaking in public than they're afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that singing in public, uh, in my opinion, is uh, even further to the right. It's even scarier than just speaking in public. <laughs> so you know, once I, I mean, I was I was terrified when I first started singing. If I knew I was gonna be leading Kirtan on a Friday night, I would spend from Monday on trying to control my nerves <laughs> because yes. I knew it was coming and that, you know, at seven o'clock on Friday night I'm gonna to have to have to open my mouth and sing in front of these people, you know. Mm-hmm. And and of course it's a spiritual practice, so the focus is not necessarily on being on the details. Um, yeah. On, you know, you don't you don't have to go into this with a strong music background. You know, I had a music background in terms of playing the piano and I had some singing in my background but I never done both at the same time so you know I either sang or I played the piano but just to try to handle those two at the same time Mm -hmm. was a big step Mm -hmm. so you know now that I've been uh, leading events for almost a couple years it'll be a couple years in June yeah um now then like this coming and talking to you it's like of course you know I I mean if I can if I can chant in front of other people, I think I can talk. Oh.
0: I think talking um, is easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, because now you really talk from experience. Yeah, it, it's one thing to tell a storybook, but to actually say, you know, and then what? I, you know, one night I had these people doing this, and this, it is—it all adds to the story. Your experience just become part of your life. Yeah, and it is—you uh, enjoy. You start to really enjoy every moment. Yeah. That's what I feel yeah and it it it, it, listen i i do public speaking not all the time but in a way see this to me is not even public speaking even though i'm on the radio and talking to thousands of people but it is for me i'm just sitting here with you and that's what i look at i just got to make sure that when the break hits that i stop (laughs) (laughs) but uh, otherwise uh, but doing a lecture and with slides and to try to do a presentation it's a whole different ball game and i I I think if you're totally not nervous at all, if you're totally that comfortable 100% that you have to feel no nerves, I don't know if that's natural either. I, I think it's always when you stand in front of a group, am I doing everything right? You know? Yeah. Did I close my zipper?
2: Right.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except no one can see Or something a guy always this thinks is, about. No, the radio is actually a good way to start. A lot of the educational presentations that I do are for... Um, for clients who are at a distance, because here we are in Bozeman, Montana. So yeah. when I do educational presentations, it's often you know WebEx or Google Hangout, and you know there might only be five people, uh, or there might be 30, but but uh, it's good and it's bad. You know the positive thing is that uh, it's not as uh, nerve-wracking as having people sitting right in front of you and you feel them looking at you, but at the same time, you also don't get the same feedback. So, you know, especially if you're yeah. at a distance and people are muted. So here, you know, we may have thousands of people who are listening on the radio, but but we if if you if you crack a joke, you don't hear whether they laugh or not. It's true. So you have to sort of get uh, used to that as well. Yeah. So I think it goes both ways.
0: Well, I'm I'm easily entertained by myself. So there's not and <laughs> I don't mean it in a good way. Um, but there's times when I, I I say something and I kinda have to laugh and nobody else cares. But I thought it was really funny because I, there was something in the back of my mind why this happened, why I said it. I, rem- I think of something and then I say it and the connection is funny. But I think, first of all, you have to enjoy yourself when you do that. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Right. If you listen back, it has to be entertaining for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to get some things out of the way as far as uh, us talking. Um, Shakti, bliss... Kirtan, can you, uh, can, you explain, uh, can you explain all three words to us, please?
1: Okay. So Shakti is um, the energy behind life. So if you think of life in a duality, like a masculine, feminine, yin and yang, then you have the energy that's the container that's, that is directing, and that would be more the masculine energy. And then you have the unformed energy, which is the Shakti. So this is the energy that's pervading all of creation, and then uh, it is active in the material world by taking a particular form. So Mm. that's Shakti. So it's like, it's the goddess energy, you know. um, So that's one of the things in um, the kirtan, which we do. So kirtan is a musical gathering, and people do interpret it in different ways. It's Sanskrit, a Sanskrit word. Uh, some people will say it just means call and response. Some people will say it just means a musical gathering, just getting together. Uh, a kirtan is the full, the full term. so, so it's just getting together and using music and chanting as a devotional practice. so it it can be devotion in a particular tradition. A lot of what we do is in the Hindu tradition. We do some in the Buddhist tradition, and then some uh, some are in the Christian tradition. So, you know, every now and then, I usually like to do at least one song in English, okay. Um, each time that we do a kirtan, which is about about ninety minutes usually. Um, and those are often in a Christian tradition such as uh, St. Patrick, for example, um has beautiful poetry that is praising God in nature. Okay. So it might be, you know, more non-denominational, you know, but praising God in nature, or even the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a um, a concept that is in religions around the world, spiritual traditions, indigenous traditions. So the idea that there's an energy that is, you know, pervading all of matter. So um, we have a chant called Breathe Through Me, which is uh, Holy Spirit, Breathe Through Me. And when um, I was practicing with uh, the group, so we have a group of, uh, of five right now, um, and when we were all together, and I would introduce a new chant and say, "Hey, what do you think of this? You know, do you think we should do this? Um, so when I sang that one, I said, Yeah, do you think, you know, Holy Spirit is a little too, you know, too too Christian or too specific? Yeah, and uh, and so we tried it with sacred fire and living water, and, you know, a number mm-hmm. of different terms that would also mean the energy that is pervading life. so so what so what you're doing is you're you're bringing, that kind of positive energy into your life and it's in the unformed state it's in the shakti state and then you are the one as a creator in your own life who is determining what form that will take is that energy gonna go into your relationships yeah. into a family is it gonna go into you know bettering yourself in terms of education into your career so you're choosing how to qualify that energy I see. but it's all generic but anyway, as we sang the song, they said, no, 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 no. Do the Holy Spirit. It just sounds much better with that. Huh. So sometimes we'll do those kind of songs. So those are the three main traditions. Occasionally, I've done things that were um, in the Jewish tradition. Um, you know, there's beautiful names of God in the Old Testament. Adonai, Elohim, Shekinah. Um, and so every, every now and then we'll do something like that. Uh, at Christmas, we've thrown in Christmas carols, Yeah, um, you know, So there's a variety there, but shakti, bliss, kirtan. The bliss is just the idea that when you have that energy flowing, it is uh, ideally, it is a very blissful experience. Mm -hmm. So you feel the energy just as though you were plugged into an electric socket. Mm -hmm. And it's a way for the energy to start flowing. You know, people get the same kind of thing with breathing. If I sit down, I I use the HeartMath uh, biofeedback program. If I sit down and breathe and you continue that and you're able to really concentrate and keep that, um, you know, as a a steady practice for 10 minutes or half an hour whatever, then I would notice that I, oh, wow, this is the same feeling that I get with chanting. So there's different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you love music, um, if you enjoy singing, um, then it's a fantastic way to get that feeling doing something that you love.
3: Yeah. Huh.
0: Hmm, very, very good. Thanks for explaining that, because this is uh, the, the, the red line running through the show, it's Shakti <laughs> bliss Kirtan. Now, by the way, you had a real nice article in The Ruckus, the Friday edition to the newspaper on uh, March 8th, uh, beginning of this month. And I thought it was very positive and very nice. Uh, she, I thought so. Yes, Rachel did it. a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you, it was really a nice article. Yeah. Um, looked at us the, the music starting it means we're heading a break right now okay. so anyway um it's really nice to have you in the show thank you it really very much. is great to be here thanks so uh thanks for reaching out and saying you know this is what we should do and i really enjoyed it. i went to one of the sessions and we can talk about that when we come back uh folks kathleen carlson my guest as we are talking <laughs> talking about what she does about singing chanting and we're going to we're going to do some demonstrations over that and let you listen to how that sounds so stay tuned and we will be right back you hear singing is Kathleen Carlson on one of her recordings and she's actually coming out with a cd pretty soon is that correct Kathleen this summer this summer Wow, perfect is Andrew helping you with that yes he is (laughs) that's good so these are these are chants that we hear this is an example Mm -hmm. and uh, this is with music yes Uh, This is with music in the background with other other instruments, that's what I should say. Right. There is also some that you have that are solo with your harmonium. Right. Yeah.
1: A lot of what I have on the website at this point um, and on Facebook, Instagram as well um, are minute mantras because for one thing on Instagram, you can only have a 60 second video or a 60 second audio track. And also I have found that um, people are very, very busy. And sometimes all they really need is they just want to hear, they want to hear the chant one time through, and then they can go on about their day and they can you know sing it to themselves. And if they forget how it went, they go back and they listen to one minute again. I see. So a lot of them are a minute. And then I have three tracks that were recorded here in town in a studio that are fuller tracks, anything from two or three minutes to 10 minutes or so.
0: Mm. All right. Good. I I really, I really, (laughs) I really enjoy it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I went to, when was it uh, the last one that we did?
1: Uh, that would be March 9th. So it was the day after that newspaper article.
0: Okay. That's right. Yes. And we came and it was very nice, my wife and I, and we participated and saw some faces we knew. And it was very nice, very, very pleasant. And it was about an hour and a half, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, it says over here, why chanting? What does this mean to you? Um, Obviously, this started at a long long time ago for you, um, the chanting. There was something that, that triggered it. You You heard it once, and then you said, this is what I want to do. And the way you went about it, you also described it in your book. And by the way, her book is called Vocal Medicine, Transformation Through Sound, an Introduction to Mantras, Chanting, and Kirtan, Kathleen Carlson. In your book, you're talking about how you would get out early in the morning and drive somewhere to wherever is a trailhead and park your car and chant in your car.
1: I, yeah, that was great fun. Um, was in it In fact, really? it, yeah, it, it, this morning coming here, because Jacobus and I had to meet here about 6.45 this morning to get ready for the show, um, you know, I'm not out, I chant at home now, so I'm not out early in the morning as much, and as soon as I saw, it was still a little dark, and as soon as I saw the lights of bosom, it's like, oh yeah, this is what it was like when I used to chant. So what I did is when I first started, um, I would go in the car and I didn't have a harmonium then. Uh Um, And, you know, now I I really love to play with the harmonium. So those things almost go hand in hand for me now. Yeah. But at that time I had some CDs and I had Spotify, you know, and I could go out and I could, I could park somewhere. So I would get up, you know, and I would be there between four and five in the morning and especially in the winter, it was still dark. And I would park over by the M, for example, or at the base of Drinking Horse or over at uh, the trailhead for Sipes Canyon. Sometimes I would park, uh, there were some subdivisions being built uh, up on a hill out near Spring Hill. There's a new subdivision. So I would park there. So I was either looking at the mountains or I was looking out over the lights of the city. Mm -hmm. And then I would chant and I would be there for an hour, two hours um and so the day would start really? the sun would come up over the mountains or you know it would go from you know darkness and the lights of the city and it was really stabilizing for me in my life at that point you know there was there was a lot going on a lot of transition going on in my life um you know kids growing up and me yeah, sure. trying to shift from the career that I had been working with my husband uh we had a multimedia business together which which I now own and he has a full-time job with a software company in town so there was a lot of shifts happening and and it was just fantastic just to go there every morning and mm. sit there, you know, as the sun came up. Wow. And it was, uh, there were some funny things that happened because I didn't realize at the time that um, a friend of mine, I said, well, you know, I've noticed that sometimes like the police will circle by, especially if I was parked at the M or drinking horse. Yes. And I'd be, you know, sitting there in this car, you know, in the dark, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't understand why. She said, Kathleen, you know, she said there... They're, they're watching those places. They wonder what the heck you're doing. Because, yes. You know, like, are you dealing drugs? You know, what is going on mm-hmm. here? Yeah,
2: of
0: course. But, you know, so. I understand from their point of view. I know it's funny because no. you've got nothing to hide. See, not, that's why you laugh. Because yeah. you have nothing to hide. So it's good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
1: then I started moving around. You know, I would chant at one trailhead for a while and then move to another one and, and, uh, and sort of get around town. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. It was, it's funny, it was there are people way. who sell uh, raw goat's milk. Right, uh-huh. and you're not allowed to sell raw milk in okay. the state right. officially. So right. you you see these practices. It's somewhere in a shed, and just go there and leave your money and grab <laughs> what you need. And you know it's all this secretive <laughs> stuff. It's ridiculous, but yeah. sometimes you have that, and there's no malintent intent mm-hmm. whatsoever. Right. But it's it's you want to be careful. People don't see you, or hear you, don't know about it. It's only the select mm-hmm. few that know about it. So I can understand that uh, you you. it's funny for you to think about it. My God, I'm just chanting, you know. I'm right. trying to bring peace in myself and to the world, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it evolved over time after, you know, I spent um, a summer into the fall, the winter, you know. And uh, by the next summer, um, uh, my husband had actually helped me get a harmonium for my birthday, which is in November, and then I started taking lessons. So by the following summer, so it was about a year when I would go out in my car and chant like that, and then by the following summer, I was learning to play the harmonium. And so I I need I tried it in the car, but it's very awkward, you know. So, yeah. you know, try to play a musical instrument in a car. Yeah. So uh, so then I started practicing at home. But, you know, we've had anything from two to four kids living with us, you know, over the, the last couple of years. And I was trying to find a place in the house. So we have a pantry that's under our stairs, and in the back of the pantry, there's, there was a refrigerator and there was a freezer and there was a litter box for the cats. Yeah. And that was the only place in the house that I could find that I could practice. So I literally moved the refrigerator and the freezer out to the garage, put the cat litter at the other hen- end of the pantry, and we insulated it. You know, oh. We had to put drywall and sound insulation, oh. acoustic tiles, because the harmonium is a very powerful instrument. Yes, and so you have to sing. If you're just playing acoustically, you have to sing fairly loudly over the harmonium. Mm-hmm. So every place that I would chant in the house, um, the entire family uh, could hear it. There was yes. like nowhere they could go yeah. to get away yeah. from yes. to get away from me chanting. <laughs> yes. So so we insulated it, and I practiced there under the stairs. I I, I call that my Harry Potter phase because <laughs> I, was, I was chanting under the stairs. And then eventually, you know, we had about a year when uh, two of the older kids were living on their own. And then we have a little room that's not really a bedroom. It's like a little bonus room, you know, that's sort of off of another room in the basement. And, and then I moved in there. So, you know, so now I have um, a space and it's really fantastic. On, yeah. Oh, it's really nice because it's, you know, there's several doors between that. It's like a little, it's like a little storage room. So there's several doors between that and the rest of the house so windows, i can go there no windows. there's one window
0: yeah is that on the room where you also paint and where you do your artwork no it's not big
1: enough for all that okay no hmm. but um but i do i do chant there in fact that's when i when i do um you know record the things that i put online um i record there because it's very insulated it's, okay. it's a basement room mm-hmm. so there's a lot of sound insulation yeah. but it's fantastic now to have this place where you know, I could go any time of the day or night. Well,
0: I know you brought your harmonium with you, and I would love to let people listen to it. I I've watched it uh, when I came on March nine to the Kirtan. Um, but do me a favor because we're not, we don't have TV here. Uh, explain to people what is an harmonium about size wise, what it looks like, what are we looking at over here. Can you describe it? And I'll move your microphone if you have. Okay, so let's see.
1: It's um, it's Sorry, a it's a keyboard instrument so it's two-and-a-half octaves there are some that are even smaller two octaves and some that are larger like three so this is sort of a mid-size it is um, it's almost like a keyboard with an accordion but the the pumping the bellows is
0: in the back so there's a little keyboard well, to me and then, it looks like a mini organ yes it looks it like a mini church organ but it literally, it's only what two feet wide or something. Yep,
1: only two feet wide. Two feet wide and maybe sixteen inches deep. Yeah, 20 yeah, foot deep, and a half, like
0: a sixteen inches deep, and it's beautiful, medium brown wood. I don't know what kind yep. of wood it is. It's wood, yeah. It's all acoustic. It's all acoustic, and uh, it looks even. It has some, you know, register panels on the bottom. Uh, yeah, right there, you can pull right. on those, and that. The, they're yeah.
1: stops, just like you would have on an organ. So there's one stop. The first one is the bass, and the second one is the treble. So there's it's a double reed system. So this is not a struck instrument like a piano. It's more uh, it's more like a saxophone. You know. So what happens is really? when you when you pump the bellows, So you're only playing so with one bellow, hand. The
0: bellow. The bellow is what?
1: So the bellow is um, it opens up. In and the f- then you have to pull it with your hand so you're, you're squeezing it and then it pushes air through yeah. the and
0: instrument that's where it looks like an accordion right so that's, for, that's for, for people look at and, but it only opens up on one end. you 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 handle that you play the, the the keyboard with your right hand and you pull the bellow is that what yep. you call it mm-hmm. with your left so right. you, your hand is and you can
1: own. do it the other way if you're you know if you're left-handed then you can switch it you and can switch you can the pump bellow. with your right hand, oh and, yeah so you can play okay. with either hand okay
0: okay you have to switch that but i'm right-handed yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, and there's a there's a well, what do you call this? Like a, a grill on the top, so you can look in and see where the keys. Um,
0: like a piano. Yeah, like a yeah, piano. You can see the piano. Tone and you can
1: use it to damp the uh, the sound a little bit. So I actually have a piece of glass that I had made that fits in to oh. try to make it a little calmer because uh, you know because I don't I don't have a, a Broadway strength to my voice so to try to tone it down a little so bit. it's
0: really that loud
1: uh, yeah i mean i could i could play it yeah, for like you that. without I'm, 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 without the well, glass and you can hear
0: this is glass or oh, there's glass on the bottom so there's a glass okay, piece good. and then there's a wooden piece on top of that. all right so hold on let me uh, let me get the uh the microphone uh, up i just want to have them up anyway that so people have an idea but um so yeah, the
1: the stops in the front you can also use them so one is bass one is treble so there's a treble reed and a bass reed so when you have both of those usually you'd have both of those open so that the sound blows across both. It's richer. Yeah and you can put them um, the further you pull them out the more sound the more air you're gonna get and then depending on the size of the harmonium uh, they often have a drone so I have a C sharp drone and a G sharp drone but some harmoniums would have more what that means is if I pull that out and play then Mm -hmm there's a continuous sound.
2: Okay. And then you
1: can play on top of that. Um, but I'll play, I'll, I'll pump it hard and you can hear how loud this thing can get. So it's, huh? a, it's a lot of sound yeah, out yeah, of yeah. a relatively small instrument. Yeah, wow.
0: i better turn the microphone on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the neighbors start complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it it's uh, we're looking at a keyboard. looks beautiful, beautiful ivory. It looks like ivory, and and the and the, and the what do you call the black ones? Um, well, whatever they are, it looks oh, like no. a piano, two feet yeah. wide, about sixteen inches deep, and how high is it? Because it it it, oh, it, it well, can it rest yeah, on it, your lap.
1: Well, no, it's really cool because it collapses. So so some harmoniums um, are just as they are, but this harmonium actually folds into itself. Folds into so, itself. Yeah. I'm so like. there's a. Um, uh, there's levers on the side that you push in and then the top folds down into a wooden case okay and then the bellow flips over and it's like a little becomes like a little suitcase really? so when i first got this because yeah. i you know i was not um i didn't know much about the harmonia at that point i just know that you know i needed to, it was used. to play this it yeah was exactly used, yes yeah. So when I first got it, I didn't. I I opened up the box and I looked at it and I thought, well, where is it? <laughs> like, where's where's the keyboard? I didn't know yeah. how to open the thing. Yeah, to actually get to the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> actually, my son and I we bent one of the one of the, oh, um, the metal see. pieces. Oh, you know, God. Trying to figure out how to open yeah. the thing. <laughs> they
0: cheated me off the keyboard. They
1: forgot the keyboard part.
0: So how, uh, by, by the way, before you, I want people listen to it. Where, how did you get it? Where where did you get it? What town?
1: So I bought this, there's um, it's the BHAVA company, B-H-A-V-A. And so this is called a mini BHAVA because it's mm. one of their smaller size uh, harmoniums. But they're all made in India. I don't know that there's any place in this country where they're actually produced. So they're made in India, but because um, the standards in India for musical instruments are not as high as the standards in this country, it's actually refurbished before it's sold. So it's new, no one else has ever owned it. But it's already been refurbished so they bring them over here you know bring them up to an American standard uh, tune it you can tune it to 440 or you can tune it to 432 what if you want to do so 440 is the standard concert tuning um, so if you want to be able to play easily with many instruments that's a good tuning mm. but then there's also the 432 which is uh, a little um, a little different it has to do with the solfeggio tones so people who are really into music healing who believe you know that uh, particular frequencies are more healing might tune it to that frequency okay. and then play it with that hmm. and then all the other instruments around them you know would have to retune to I see. a different frequency huh but this is 440 440 so a 440 is what it means so you know when you're when you hear people playing I can play an a You know, when you hear at the beginning of an orchestra and everybody, that's what everybody's tuning to. So the violin's tuning to that and, you know, the guitar's tuning to that, whatever. Huh.
0: Huh. Wow. It's it's impressive. um, Until I saw you with it, I never saw one before. Right. And I had
1: never seen one until probably three years ago was the first time that I saw Mm. someone actually playing a harmonium and chanting. And I thought, wow. That is
3: really cool.
0: Because it really sounds like Indian music now.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm, and that's the whole idea. Right. It really, uh, so w- all you need, well, uh, Marius is playing the tabla, right? And and mm-hmm. and Andrew is playing some kind of a drum and you have different. Udu drum. Different. Say it again. A- Andrew voodoo, is voodoo
1: playing. Voodoo drum? No. Ood- <laughs> E-D-U. <laughs> He's playing an udu drum. Okay. And that, uh, I think it's Nigerian. Okay. So it's like a big gourd. Yeah, um, his is made of hard epoxy. I, I first thought he was of holding clay. a vase. Yeah, no, it look, that's exactly. It looks like a huge flower a vase. vase. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, vase, so he plays vase, that, vase. Mm. and that one is being used more because the tabla that Marius Michael George plays um, is a very complex instrument. When I went down to Boulder, and I was uh, attending some classes at the Kirtan Leadership Institute there, that uh, Mike Cohen runs an institute yeah. there, and he had a tabla player. came and was going to accompany the students we were all going to do a kirtan together and the tabla player said well when I play in the actual kirtan I can't play my tabla because Hmm. I've only been studying for five years and my teacher doesn't think I'm ready to play it in public really yeah so I mean people can spend a decade learning that instrument so you know there's it's a it's an interesting instrument because there's tonality so it's a Hmm. drum with tonality Um, usually there's at least two sometimes three but there's a lot of different patterns, you know, very complex. Uh, really, Indian Rajas It seems patterns. like a lot of fun
0: to play that. Thing, yeah, but it uh, looks
1: like bongos, but it yes. actually is is played in a much more complicated fashion. So we have huh. tabla player, and then um, kartals. So those are like the mini um, bells. Like or yeah, well they're like mini. You wouldn't call them a tambourine. It's more. It's just a, a round metal piece that you yeah. hit against each other. yeah. yeah it's one yeah. of the oldest instruments known to man. Every culture has something. It's like a hand symbol. But so what was the difference? Metal.
0: What is the difference? Between what she was holding, uh, and what my Michael George was holding, he was also using these in at the end of a song or beginning of a song. Yep. no he it's the same. The it's the same, same thing. Okay, it's good. the same thing. Yeah, There's uh, just uh.
1: different, you know, different <clears throat> size, different metals, different tones. Yeah. So Mahima Giri is playing cartels and that is very traditional. You know, it's. It's a very, it's a very nice uh, metallic, very light metallic sound. It is, it's very so nice. So she keeps the rhythm with that, and then we've had uh, Letitia Inglis has been playing with us a lot the cor- in the course of the last year. Um, so sometimes we'll have violin or flute. Uh, my husband also plays recorder.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, every now and then we've had someone else play with us. Uh, Bruce Beckfar down in Livingston will play with us when we're in the area there, and a beautiful guitar.
0: Um, yeah, he's quite the artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, so it can be played with a lot of different instruments, but the harmonium, tabla, and kartal are probably the most, sort of the core of so, the Indian.
0: Uh, it is. Stuff. So not the uh, the sitar, the sitar. I mean, uh, uh, what was his name again? Um, Ravi Shankar. Ravi Shankar. There you go. He played the sitar. I thought that also is an indica- a yes. big, big one on in Indian yeah. music, right?
1: Well, there's a woman in town, Amelia Huerta. She she can play sitar. And she's, she's come and played with us for fun. Huh. Um, but I think she's traveling quite a bit right now. Hmm. Um, she's the only one in town I know. I have heard that there is another sitar player. Um, but uh, it gets, the more instruments you involve, because it is very meditative, it's very... Um, you know, the point of it is really a meditative practice. It's, a, you know, a sound therapy or sound meditation. Um, and I have not been experienced uh, with leading a whole band, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it tends to be a little more meditative if we keep it a little bit simpler. So there are kirtan bands out there that, you know, there's six, seven, eight, you know, nine people up oh. on the stage playing in a festival, you know, playing kirtan right. music. Right. Um, but it takes a lot of mastery to be able to do that, you know. And I'm, I'm definitely to still, all be harmonious. And yeah, to all be, to all be together, and you know, for everyone to have the same intention, for everyone to um, be trying to create the same experience, huh. and you know. And there's, there's a huge variety in kirtan music. So if you ever get a chance to see the movie Mantra,
0: okay. which
1: uh, played here actually in Bozeman, mm. I think it might be out on DVD now. But it goes through and really shows the variety. There are people who are who are taking mantras, and it's almost like rap music. And then there's other people who are very, very traditional Indian. Um, So call and response is the tradition in India, Um, you know, where someone is the leader, and they sing a line, and then you sing back. Yeah. Um, But there are also others who do Kirtan more as a sing-along. So Yogananda, for example, when he came to the U.S., and it was was trying to introduce this as a practice for westerners he wrote a lot of beautiful songs in english and they're um they're more hymn style so they're more uh, rather than singing a line and repeating a line and singing a line and repeating a line, some of them are like an entire verse song. or an entire page and then you repeat the repeat it as oh, a song okay okay so we sort of do something in between you know we, we'll often do one or two songs that are call and response and then a lot of songs that are just sing-along, and you just mm. you know sing whenever uh, whenever you're comfortable, as much as you want, as simple yeah. as you want.
0: Mm. Before we go to the break, would you mind playing a few songs? Uh, no, you don't have to sing if you don't want to sing, yeah. but if you want to, go ahead. Uh, but just to well, let look, people listen you, to you the song. to pick it up? What's that?
1: Yeah, the microphone will pick it up from
0: here. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll move with the microphones. Okay. You, are you going to sing with it? Right, yeah, sure, I can
1: sing with it. So this is a a very simple chant, Sita Ram, and Sita and Ram are divine consorts uh, who are, uh, Ram is the hero of the Ramayana, which is a Hindu epic.
0: to Kathleen Carlson on Gesundheit with Jacobus, going to take a short break when we come back after the news we're going to talk more about what she is doing here with Shakti Bliss Kirtan so stay tuned for that we'll be right back. That uh, little demonstration that my guest Kathleen Carlson just did on her harmonium because it's one thing to talk about it it's another thing to actually hear the instrument. And if you missed it, uh, we'll probably play a little bit more as the show progresses. We are discussing with her Kirtan, which is k- singing together uh, spiritual songs. In this case, these are songs that are, well, I would say primarily spiritual. Good morning, Kathleen. <laughs> morning. How are you? Great. Um, it, it it You sing a lot of them in Sanskrit or in, in for India language, Buddha, Buddha kind of talking Eastern. to Buddha, Eastern, Eastern, there you go. Yeah, not like Eastern United States, but mm-hmm. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern. I, it's a very interesting topic. And as I mentioned in the very first hour in my promo, I said some people may kind of raise an eyebrow uh, what Jacob is doing now? Why are we not talking about health? Well, this has to do with health. This is spiritual health. This has the the for you chanting mantras and bhajans and uh, whatever we call these hymns has really pulled you out of a situ- situations in your life where you ended up finding peace, and it 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 kind of opened up the doors for you for what you're doing today. It has been. Um, you have truly found your passion, and I. You write about it in your book. Uh, she w- came out with a book recently. Is it where is it available? It's available in On Bonds Amazon, Noble,
3: and Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Online.
0: Okay, is it locally in, Am- in local Barnes and Noble as well? No,
3: online.
0: Online, but it is called Vocal Medicine: Transformation Through Sound, An Introduction to Mantras, Chanting, and Kirtan. And KathleenCarlson.com dot com is the website where you can read more about what she does. Carlson is spelled K-A-R-L-S-E-N. So uh, Kathleen with a K, Kathleen Carlson, K-A-R-L-S-E-N.com. Just go and check that information. I hope you do. You'll learn more. She has a very interesting website because not only does it tell something about herself, it explains more about the the chanting, but also it shows uh, a blog where she likes to write uh, thoughts and feelings and insights that she has, and she is spontaneous about that and very open. I have to say, very nice, very well written. And there is uh, beautiful uh, pictures of your painting. That is, by the way, a whole other hobby, would you say? Is it really a job? Is it a uh, is it a profession that you it have? Was,
1: um, it was a job from 2001 to 2008. Okay. And then when uh, the economy crashed at that point, um, it was hard to sell art. So at that point, that was actually when I started doing more with multimedia, yeah. and earning a living that way. Yeah. So now I'm getting back into actually promoting and you know looking for galleries to sell in, looking for ways to reproduce the art. So just really getting back. it. Is into it complicated?
0: It difficult? Is it difficult to uh, to promote it to people?
1: Well, in Montana, I would say really, it's, yeah, because you know Montana. You know, when I have met with art consultants and interior designers. Um, A lot of the art, a lot of what people are looking for that come to Montana that want to purchase original art um, is Western art. So my art is not Western
0: art. No, it's not. But it is uh, very colorful and very beautiful. And uh, it's is—it's there. When I look at it, it it just feels good. You know, it's not like jagged or... um, in a way that you go repulsive or anything. Sometimes you see that your art is beautiful, very colorful, very happy, happy. It looks happy to me.
1: You know, one of the things, um, uh, recently I was doing a painting, and this this connects back to what you're saying about, you know, why are we talking about art and music, you know, on a show that's related to healing. And I had a very strange experience. Mm. Um, Oftentimes when I do the art, what I usually do is I just take a moment before I start to paint. And i try to center sometimes i'll say a prayer you know i'm very fond of uh, praying to angels i really love the concept of angels and so what i'm looking for is for something to come through that is uplifting that is mm-hmm. happy you know and um so then i'll put down a layer of paint it's usually very very fluid paint and mm-hmm. then i might go back a day later and there's another layer and then another layer and so there was a painting that i was developing and i had had a back problem um and And as the painting developed, all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, this is a picture of a spine, you know, like, um, it was a spine except it wasn't straight. It was, it was misaligned. Mm. And so, you know, um, it was, it wasn't a serious back problem, but it was the kind of thing where just in normal life, it was no problem. But if I started weightlifting, uh, doing yoga, then I could feel it. And it bothered me that it hadn't gone away. And it was like a year. So, it, it it occurred to me that that this painting was of a spine, but it wasn't a healthy spine. So, I'm not one of those artists that paints something and then gets upset, you know, and like, you know, destroys my paintings. No? So, no. <laughs> you know, like you hear about that, you know, classical yes. artists and they like, you know, we wish that they hadn't destroyed those 300 paintings. Yeah. So, I, I haven't been like that. I rarely discard a painting. But this one, I really thought about it and I thought, wow, this is a picture of my spine. But it's not aligned properly, and therefore I don't want to put that image out, because what I want to put out oh, okay. for other people to see is something that will be harmonious, something that will uplift them. So So then I decided, well, if this is, if this is an outpicturing of what's going on with me physically, um, I don't want to have surgery. I don't you know, I, I didn't even go and see a doctor. It wasn't that serious, but it was, it was a hassle. Um, so I decided, well, maybe what I could do is just do virtual surgery on my own spine and see what happens. Yeah. so I took the painting and I, I said it was a large painting. And um, so I, I set it in the room, and then I went in the kitchen, I got the sharpest knife I could find, like said a prayer, and decided, okay, well, I'm gonna straighten out the spine on this painting. And so I literally cut it out, and then I realized, well, I, I couldn't really do this. It's a painting. You know, it was, it was sure. dry. Sure, you know, I sure. couldn't move it. Yeah. So I actually cut out and left. You know, there was beautiful um, uh, colors blended in the background, so mm-hmm. I left all of that. And then as I was doing this, I thought, you know, I was just consciously, okay, I am removing from this symbolic representation of my spine uh, what's going on in my back. So And literally... Within, you know, it felt better. It was significantly better immediately. And two or three days later, it was gone, completely gone after an entire year. And to the point that I had forgotten about it. And then I found this painting that, you know, I had cut apart in the garage. I thought, oh my gosh, that's right. Like a year ago, I used to be having a back problem. So, you know, so you can use music. It's the same thing when you're chanting. You know, you are that's that's an incredible story. Yeah. It was I mean, amazing,
0: amazing. Not incredible. It's it's an amazing story.
1: I am just grateful that I have absolutely. And I want to ask you, so did you
0: did you did you take the pieces out of the painting or did you cut them out and align them?
1: Nope. No, I cut them completely out. The ones that were off. Literally the ones that were off. Literally, yeah, literally discarded that part of the painting. And of course I can't salvage the painting because it was a large part of the painting. So the painting was destroyed. Um but you know, it's the same thing when you're chanting. So, you know, we are always qualifying everything that is moving through us. So that's one of the, the beauties of if you go to a kirtan and, you know, there's, you know, however many people, 5, 10, 20, you know, people chanting in the room together, you know, each one is, um, has the opportunity to qualify the sound and the energy that is moving through them um, in whatever way. Would be of greatest benefit for them so it's it's a fascinating thing because it's an individual practice and yet it's a group practice at the same time yeah you know you're you're synchronizing with the other people there you feel a connection um and it is very different i mean i could have just kept chanting in my car or kept chanting under the stairs you know with a harmonium at my house but there is a very different experience when you're with other people and there's you know a lot of scientific research now being done into the healing power and the impact on the physical body as well as the emotional and spiritual um, of a group practice like that.
0: Huh. Wow. 522-8255. 522-TALK is the number. Kathleen Carlson, my guest this morning. We are talking about her book, Vocal Medicine, Transformation Through Sound, an Introduction to Mantras, Chanting, and Kirtan, the book just came out this month, and you can um, you can get it on Amazon or you can get it on Barnes & Noble's website, whichever one you prefer. Uh, she is here today. Uh, there will be monthly kirtan sessions that you do. Now, the last one you did at Yoga Motion is when we were yes. there. Is that a regular set thing that you go to Yoga Motion, or people need to go to your website, kathleencarlson.com or Shakti Bliss Kirtan? Dot .com and shakti let me let me spell it all to you it's s h a k t i s h a k t i bliss b l i t s s and kirtan k i r t a n and you can dot .com and then you can also find it on facebook right yes. and that's why you keep you keep everything up to date right. if there is another keep session going on. Yes. Because there's also people in Livingston who listen to the program who probably would like to know when you're coming back to Livingston. And you mentioned that... Uh, Autumn Equinox will be back there. I think it's
1: September 21st, but it's Autumn Equinox. That's a that long
0: is. time from now. Yeah,
1: you know, I have everything planned out for the year. So, you do? Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I set up all of the, all of the major events for the year. All of the events where, where I'm asking you know, multiple uh, musicians to play with me. So, yes, so we have uh, once a month at uh, Yoga Motion Wellness Academy. So that will be April, May, and June.
0: So is that um, the first weekend of the month or the second weekend of the the month? It's the second
1: Saturday, which varies a little. So, you know, somewhere between in April, it'll be the 13th. I can't remember exactly what it is That's right, because the
0: 6th is the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then, you know,
1: and then we do other other events. Uh, There's one coming up this Thursday. So that would be April 4th. That's at Montana Lotus Center. So they are sponsoring. Um, Where is that at? That is on 7th Street, uh, right right near Santa Fe Reds, the next block oh, in Georgetown. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so that one is 7 to 8 o'clock on Thursday. They are sponsoring that. So that is a free community event. Wow. That'll be about 15 minutes of an introduction uh, that I'll give and then about 45 minutes of chanting.
0: So, nice. So,
1: yeah. Different, different things going on a lot going on
0: and the whole band will come and show up or just you, that will be you um, and, you Tabla, and Andrew.
1: so that will be Marius Michael George and my husband Andrew and me so there'll be it'll be the Shakti Bliss Trio
0: that <laughs> Shakti Bliss Trio there you go <laughs> almost sounds like a cocktail drink or something <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, the Shakti, I have on my license plate. My license plate yeah, says Yeah, so Shakti. it was Shakti. Yeah. yeah. So um, when one of, my, one of my teenage sons, uh, when I first got that license plate, he read it and he said, shake it. He said, why, is, why does your license plate say shake it? But, it, you know, it doesn't. It's spelled S-H-A-K-T-I. When my father saw it, he said the same thing. Why does your license plate say shake it?
2: That's right. So it's Isn't an unusual funny? word. Yeah.
1: And, you know, in our mind, we just... Switch it to make it something familiar, like you know, yeah. shake it and bake it
0: or something. Yeah. Shake and bake, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> because, but I, I was going quickly through your songs, and um, I thought, why does she sing a song about gate?
3: Oh, gate, gate, gate,
0: gate, gate, para gotte. exactly. <laughs> that's what we just played earlier. Right. Uh, ga- gate, gate, oh, gate. You know. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of funny. Uh, oh, so. Just for to introduce uh, people to the idea of mantras, what are what are mantras?
1: So mantra is a worded formula. So you know a mantra, you can think of it like a tagline. It's like Mm a spiritual tagline. So you know Nike is what you know, just do it. So anything that you repeat constantly. So in marketing, they're trying to get everyone to know their tagline, know their logo, and to constantly, you know, it's something that is catchy in effect. So a mantra is a spiritual formula. So you can do a mantra that's related to peace or related to freedom. Uh, some people will get specific mantras if they have a spiritual teacher and the teacher determines that this is, uh, this is something that they need to heal in their psychology or their emotional world or a characteristic they need to develop. And they'll get a mantra related to that particular one. So when it gets down to the health level uh, in Sanskrit, there are different vowels. So Sanskrit is considered one of, to be one of the original languages, which is um, a language where the sounds are closely connected to the actual vibration or the sound of that in the material universe. So, so like, hmm. like onomatopoeia is like the word cuckoo, the word, you know, cush, squash, rush, you know, a word that sounds similar to the action or the thing that you're describing so different uh, different syllables ah for example is the syllable that is opening for the heart so on the physical level it's good for the circulation for the lungs and for the heart so a lot of words namaha for example means i bow or i give honor to and it has that repeated ah namaha and then uh like lalita is a goddess so There are people who think that it's not just this Hindu religion or Hindu mythology or however you want to look at it, but actually the Rishis, who were the Hindu sages, who may have spent an entire lifetime uh, meditating in a cave using mantras, determined that particular mantras would be for the hormonal system. Particular mantras might be for the nervous system or for the heart and circulation. So there. So it's happening on many levels. You can also do mantras. There are Ayurvedic mantras that are specifically for different health issues. So you can do a mantra that's specifically for a health issue. Um, so that's one way to use it. You know, another way is a de, a devotion. So if you have, like, all of the the pantheon of Hindu gods and goddesses, you know, we had this, I had the same thing growing up in the Catholic Church. You know, the uh, the pantheon of uh, of saints, yeah, you um, bet. You know. So, if you if you have a favorite saint, and people might have a favorite god or a goddess, and one of the things about that is you can choose one who has characteristics that you want to develop yourself. Okay. So, you know, Hanuman is the the monkey faced god, a very unusual uh, being in the Hindu pantheon, but he's very joyful. You know, very very free. Uh, so a lot of the chants to Hanuman will be very melodic and very happy and very rhythmic. They, you know, people might get up and dance. You know, whereas other gods and goddesses would be for developing um, uh, peace or Shiva. Peace, peace, or peace, yeah, uh-huh. you know, or or Shiva might be if there are things in your life that that you would like to dissolve. You know, Shiva would be an energy for that. Hmm. So you know, so it's happening on a lot of different levels. But that's a mantra. It's usually short you know, maybe five words, you know, would be a mantra, and then you would repeat. And then there's and also... And then you can
0: change, uh, you can change uh, timing and rhythm and everything. Mm-hmm. I want you to continue. We have a caller who would like to ask okay. you a question. Good okay. morning, caller. What's your name, please? How can we help you?
4: Yeah, this is David from Livingston. One of my favorite people is Kathleen. <laughs> Hi, and,
0: David.
4: Uh, Hi, David. Hi, David. I an art gallery, and her beautiful art was in it, and I have some in my home. That's oh, um, great. I love Kirtan, I love doing Bajans, and I had an experience a number of times more recently in recent years where um, when we really got into the, the Kirtan, I started smelling this beautiful aroma that you know wasn't in the room before, and this happened in San Diego and then it's happened in Livingston, and I'm wondering if you've had that experience and if along with the, the healing tonalities, You know, good for different parts of our bodily systems. If you've studied anything regarding the aromas that can arise when we are in that kind of blissful, (laughs) shakti blissful state, Hmm. uh, where we're really kind of in an alignment with our source and and the beauty as well as the harmony and then the aroma that arises. Yeah. Mm.
1: No, that's really an excellent point. You know, that we we had mentioned earlier in the show, trying to combine different, you know, combine art and music. And that's something else I've thought of is, um, you know, I actually just wrote an article yesterday on uh, the the aromas and the incense associated with different Mm. Hindu deities. Um, I have not had the experience of actually smelling something that wasn't there before, but what I've looked at is, um, could we introduce you know diffusing an essential oil say you were going to have a kirtan that was all devoted to a particular goddess or um, you know a particular purpose that you would have an incense that was related to that that would bring in you know another dimension mm-hmm. so the ones that i was researching for the article yesterday um, frankincense sandalwood patchouli narrowly um, rose of course is considered uh, to be an essential oil with the very highest vibration so yeah that it it would be fantastic to be able to bring that element in and introduce that you know my experience has been the only things that i have experienced that were unusual um is hearing other things happening during the chanting for example i had one experience where i was chanting with a you know a small group of people there were probably a total of uh, maybe a dozen people in the room maybe 14 and half a dozen musicians but every time we started chanting it sounded like there was a whole choir and I kept opening in my eyes and looking like you know like did a whole lot of people come into the room while I had uh-huh. my eyes closed and yeah, I would yeah. open my eyes and it was the same number of people there but it was like hearing that it, it felt like there were there were other beings who were chanting along with us on some other level And I had a similar experience, um, as as we mentioned earlier, uh, my husband sometimes plays um, the recorder with us, so that's like a a wooden flute. And sometimes we've had Letitia uh, play a classical flute, and we had a classical flute player a year or so ago. But in this particular kirtan, um, I kept hearing a flute. You know, we were chanting and I could hear this flute, playing this beautiful flute. And I kept opening my eyes and looking uh, over at my husband, and he was playing his drum.
2: Yeah.
1: And I thought it was very strange. So when the when the kirtan was over, I I talked to Marius and I said I said, gosh, you know, I kept hearing a flute. And he looked at me and he said, he said, really? He wasn't playing the flute because I heard it too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's something that goes on at other levels, and uh, bringing in incense, which is a very you know very powerful thing to bring in essential oils or incense. Uh, I think that would be a fantastic
4: addition.
2: Huh.
1: Huh, Can I just
4: say one other thing? Uh, Go for David. On. um, You're welcome to play in Livingston with us anytime you desire. And <laughs> thank I'll, you. And we'll, we'll pay your group, your entire group. We love you guys. I look forward to uh, seeing you in person.
0: All right, great. we'll be in touch. All right, thank you, David. Bye. All the best, bye. All right, we are hitting another break here, folks, uh, with Kathleen Carlson as we're talking about shakti bliss kirtan and we're talking about her book called vocal medicine transformation through sound very interesting how music and rhythm and 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 sound can create alignment of the energy centers in your body we have a lot more to talk about that when we come back hopefully you stay tuned all the way we'll be back in about five minutes What you're hearing in the background is Kathleen Carlson. And she is singing with the Shakti Bliss Kirtan Band. These are about five or six people, right? Mm-hmm. Six, seven, yes. five, awesome. six. Who are, this is a studio recording. And there's my moment, you can actually go to her website, uh, Kathleen Carlson. Carlson is spelled K-A-R-L-S-E-N. Carlson.com. And then you can listen to, uh, when you go to the music page, you can find more songs, and you hear a bunch of them that are uh, just heard with the harmonium, as you heard in the first hour. So, very nice. I uh, Very very nice music. Anyway, uh, nice to uh, be with you this morning. I got a question for you. Uh, I do know uh, quite a few people in the audience are uh, very strongly part of a of Christianity and and to them they listened to this and said wait a second you're not singing to Jesus you're not singing to God you're not singing to the Lord uh it's not a it's not a uh, gospel uh, any of that how do you react to that they may feel it's kind of a heathen thing uh who you're singing to who are you adoring over here tell us a little bit about how you deal with that or how would you explain uh wh- what would you explain to these people
2: okay
1: so, first of all, uh, we are probably one of the only Kirtan bands that will sing Christian songs as well. You know, some people go into Kirtan as, uh, because they've had problems in Christianity, you know, for whatever reason. And so they go to a more Eastern approach. Um, and that's not my situation. You know, I love Christianity. I love any, any expression of devotion to God. So in terms of like the goddesses and things, so we have actually done things like, uh, you know, Amazing Grace or Michael Row The Boat Ashore, or Kumbaya, you know, Christian songs in yeah. our kirtan. Um, but also I look at it as all of these different beings, whether it's a saint or a god or a goddess, they're all different aspects of God. So ultimately, it's, it's all one. So, you know, Krishna Das, for example, who was one of the, uh, What's name? The Krishna Das, he, Krishna he das. came and played a concert here about a year ago. And he is sort of the grandfather of Kirtan in, in America. He's a, uh, he's Grammy nominee. Um, any rate, mm. uh, I went to a workshop with him and one of the, the way that he explained it was, these are all different aspects of God's consciousness and all of them are within you so whether you are praying to mother mary or to jesus or to a goddess they're all aspects of god there's nothing that's outside of god Mm. so it's just a matter of as you pray to a specific aspect of god that you are bringing that forth within yourself so it's Mm. you know you can think of it as you know you're you're worshiping something external but you can also say you know this is you know a mountain is part of god a river is part of god you know you can you can sing a chant um, that is bringing that type of energy, you know, the flowing of a river or the burning of a fire. Um, it would be the same kind of thing. You could also sing to Kali, who is a very uh, very well-known goddess in the Hindu tradition, who is very ferocious. And, you know, it's it's a form of love that is separating you from things that are not for your highest good. They're not. It's not your best life or, you know... So you would call on that. We would do the same thing uh, to the Holy Spirit, you know, in uh, in a Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, um, it's it's all it's all God. It's all different different energies of God, and they're just different traditions. It's just different names for the same kind of thing. So in terms of goddesses, mm-hmm. you know, that is uh, an energy or an aspect of God that has not been as um, is not as much in the fore in our culture you know and there's um you know there's a lot of things that go along with that just in our society but in the hebrew tradition for example i was fascinated to learn that around um, 500 bc that they had had an entire pantheon you know there's a lot of different names for god in the old testament -hmm. And that they had also had names for the feminine aspect of God, Mm. but that those had been removed, so that uh, uh, Shekinah or Shekinah is is one of the only ones that is left, and that is the glory of God. So, all I'm saying is that you know, masculine, feminine. At a certain point, it's all the same. But as long as we're living in duality and there's any imbalance, it can be helpful. To be chanting or focusing or visualizing or personifying God in a particular form,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then bringing that form uh, into your own consciousness and your own life.
0: Mm. very well said. Thank you. Thank you. I just um, was thinking about it, and as we go, we're thinking, we're, we're, we're singing here about Krishna and Kali, mm-hmm. and you know Buddha, and for some people those are words that they have heard but it means nothing to them because if it's not jesus or the lord or god then it must be some kind of a something bad (laughs) you know and and i agree with you obviously uh, in my own studies through life i do i am aware that there is obviously if we have seven or eight billion people on the planet we cannot expect that everybody only lives one way Uh, there is this constant Battle going on about freedom of freedom of religion, and we are an inclusive society, and we got to let everybody in, and we have to allow them to be whoever they are. And at the same time, we somehow don't agree with it. I mean, yeah. you you may not have to agree with it, but you can still say, if this is what makes you happy, if this is what inspires you, where you find your inspiration in this life, then that's all good with me.
4: You know, eventually,
0: we know them by their actions, and and. Mm-hmm. And and with what you have done, um, and that is so fascinating. Again, I go back to your book, Vocal Medicine, that is available on Amazon, and on uh, Barnes and Noble website. You 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 clearly explain that you were you were happy, you were a hard worker, you were a good person, but there was something when you got introduced to the idea of singing. And doing these mantras, bhajans is another word, that you had you, you started singing these devotional songs, there was something that it did to you. And you felt so attracted to it and you felt so drawn to it, it has become it has changed your life, and, and you see that it has changed your life for the better. And in, in in many ways, you even have had some healing experiences, which is also fascinating, that So I think you're not pushing this on anybody. You just say, I guess I'm not the only one who enjoys this. So why don't I start doing this? And people say, yeah, I like that. Let me come over. It's not we have to mandatorily sit in a kirtan uh, session. But people who experience it say, and close your eyes, even if you, and, and we'll talk about the kirtan sessions, but... You don't have to participate. You can just sit, right? And sit and listen, and close your eyes. You can lie down. You can sit. You can sit on a on a pillow, whatever, in a chair. You can stand. You just experience it. And and I was a little hesitant myself when I came to the session, but it didn't take very long when I just closed my eyes and I just witnessed. I just let it happen and started breathing more calmly and and not feel like, okay, what's going on? I I literally felt a calming presence come over me. And and eventually I just wanted to participate. I wanted to try the songs. And there was times when I was singing along and then I I just stopped and listened again because I thought the the rhythm and the balance and the music and the harmony I felt was uh, was very pleasant, very uh, warming. And um, so everybody has their own experience. And for you, I can just see, even when you did the little demo, it was just a two-minute song, but you were totally into it. Right. <laughs> <You> were, <laughs> didn't take long for you to be totally, <laughs> you know.
1: No, No, and we've had people come and do all kinds of different things. There was one man, very sweet man, was here for a year doing an internship at MSU and came very regularly last year and he, he said, is it okay? You know, he he was working, uh, his internship was very, it was like a PhD thing. You know, he was finishing his final thing, which uh, anyone who's been through that has told me it's very intense. So when he would come, sometimes he just wanted to sit in the back and he would just sit there and be there and hear the music and write in his journal because mm. that was what was therapeutic for him. Huh. You know, and that's fine. As long as it's, you know, as long as it's not disturbing your neighbor. Um, yeah. and interfering with anyone else's experience, it can be uh, very individual. Mm-hmm. And yes, for me, um, the main the main thing that I've experienced in terms of physical healing with mm-hmm. the chanting mm-hmm. is that I was on thyroid medication for 20 years or more from the time I had my second child until a couple of years ago. And, you know, that that's the throat chakra. And, of course, that is one of the main... Um, that's one of the main chakras that you're activating when you are singing. So what I found was that it wasn't it wasn't separate. If I was going to chant, then it led me to uh, to speak up for myself or to use my voice in other ways in my life. You know, and some of those things are decisions that you've been putting off that were are very difficult. You know, uh, an example is that we have five children and you know three of those are now college age and uh, when my daughter was going to school and I was signing student loans and the loans were piling up and then I looked ahead and I thought now if I do this for five children um, you know that is going to be an awful lot of debt and we might run out of the ability to do this before we reach the last one yes so I made the decision that um, we're we're not going to do this anymore you know, like we just can't sign loans. Well, that was extremely difficult decision because, you know, in our society in particular, you know, being able to send your child to college is like a given. You want them to have a happy, successful life and therefore that's, you know, that's a huge thing. They need to have that base. Exactly, they would have that base. So to make the decision that we're not in a position to do this anymore and to sit down with her younger brothers and say, okay, here's our situation. If you want to go to college, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to have a scholarship. You're going to have to earn the money yourself. That was very hard to do, but it was necessary. So it was a way of speaking up and saying, you know, here's where the parameters are in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was those kind of things. Um, And also I went through a period then where I would write in a journal or I would have a conversation with someone, usually from the past, you know, sometimes more recent things. Um, so it was like I had to say those things. I had to work out all the things that I had never said because those things were interfering with my ability to chant. And I loved it so much that I was willing to work through that because otherwise I might start to chant and then I would just feel like crying or I would start to chant and my throat would just tighten up mm. and it was like, you know, you could I could feel it physically. So what happened was, as I worked through all of that, um, then I thought, well, you know, maybe I don't need to be taking this thyroid medication the way I was before. So I did work with a doctor, and I cut back, and, you know, just kept working through it, just kept chanting and um, focusing on healing my throat because I wanted to continue with kirtan and chanting. Mm. Um, And, yeah, then after, you know, it probably took oh six or eight months at least it could have been an entire year of working with that and then finally I got to the point where I could I was not taking the medication anymore my you know uh, the blood tests were normal or at least in a range that was close enough to normal that I didn't need medication all the symptoms that I had um, you know dry cracked hands in the winter you know uh, dry skin exhaustion those kind Apathy, of things inf- inf- yeah insomnia. they were mm-hmm. you know they were gone so
0: horse voice
1: what's that horse Horse voice Voice. no i never had that one i
0: don't think you did
1: (laughs) (laughs) so so anyway so yes you know when you're chanting it's um you know you're vibrating all of your body it's like an internal massage so you know you're you're sending that energy and you can do it consciously it's going to happen anyways because you know you're singing and you're you know you're you're vibrating the sound is coming from within um to the outside but you can also consciously send that energy if you wanted to for me it wasn't for me it was just trying to remove a block to chanting and now you know if i listen back to myself you know the early recordings that i have from a couple of years ago now the sound is a little fuller and a little deeper because i think my throat chakra is just more open and clear mm-hmm. than it was at that point mm-hmm. so yes that was that was probably my major physical healing associated with uh, chanting
0: well as you mentioned the throat chakra or the thyroid is where the, the thyroid is where your throat chakra is and and i have heard indeed that people who have a hard time speaking their voice speaking who they are speaking their own truth mm-hmm. being able to speak from the heart if you're not able to do that, it can result in blockage in the thyroid and that ends up being a thyroid problem. Yes. And I um, I can see that in people who have thyroid problems. I, myself, was diagnosed with Hashimoto's years ago and I feel that I am handling it really well. Um, but we have to look at a blood test and see how we're doing. But I think... I would wish, I would wish for everybody to truly find a passion in their life that they can really express themselves because finding that passion and living that passion will eventually free you up. That energy that flows through the heart and from the heart to the throat is an energy that is so um, freeing it it frees you up and like you say you did the chanting because you like it but once you were able to say you know what this is what I'm going to do I I want to buy an harmonium I love the singing it it just it just I, I'm just in a different world that is a feeling of a passion and I think that for you to say my voice is bad it's not because you took voice lessons it simply is because things have cleared up for you you're more clear about why you're doing this and 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 how you want to do it and where you're going to take it yeah. and that is your own path you know it's not the next person's path but it looks like the the fact that you have been able to gather people around you of course andrew your husband is participating that's a great support i mean it's huge it is right and but then to be able to attract other Musicians that just love doing this, and found you to be the one that they can do it with. I think that is a uh, th- that is also coming out when you hear the group play. There is a there is a warmth and a, a spontaneity and a you guys you all look at each other and you're working together. And I sometimes I see all of you just closing your eyes. Uh, Andrew get totally into into. Yeah. The voodoo drum. <laughs> the voodoo drum. Yeah, the voodoo, whatever. yeah that No,
1: that's actually... Um, he totally gets the, into it, yeah. yeah. One of the things that uh, happens when I'm trying to lead kirtan is that um, oftentimes in kirtan, the chant will start slow, and then as you go along, yeah. often the pace will pick up. Correct. You know, some chants are just slow all the way through, but but oftentimes that's what happens. So... so um, I try to find a way to indicate to the other musicians, okay, you know, when we hit the top of the chant again, you know, we're going to pick up the pace. So I look around and they all have their eyes closed. <laughs> so there's <laughs> so there's no way to actually communicate other than yeah. I just have to go there and yeah. then sure they, follow. they
0: follow along. Yeah, know? they they know it so. because they're listening, but they're in, they're in tune. Yeah, it is really, yeah. uh, really fun.
1: And, you it, know, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, that's one of the things that Kirtan shares more with jazz is that it's not you know we we don't we don't say we're going to chant this at this speed for three mm-hmm. verse you know three times through and then we're going to pick it up and then you know so it's it's more you know as a kirtan leader you are trying to pay attention to um, the people who are chanting with you so the people who are coming to participate and I will be trying to pay attention if if people are starting to move around or they're fidgeting or um, then I think, okay, now then we need to pick up the pace to sort of re engage. Right. Or maybe this is enough of this one and now we need to slow down and we, you know, everyone needs a break for a minute just to sit quietly for a minute to stretch a little and then we move on to the next chant. Yeah. So it's watching what's happening with the other musicians and then um, what's happening with the people who are participating so that we all are having, uh, a, you know, a comfortable and a blissful
0: experience mm. together. We have a few minutes. Would you like to play a little bit more? Is there a certain song you're thinking about? We're getting we're getting we're getting everything set up. Go ahead. There we go.
1: Okay. So this is a chant that We have a couple minutes. um, Okay. Great. I'll watch here. Yeah. So this is a chant um, loka samasta. Loka the full words are loka samasta. Tsukino Bavantu. And this is a beautiful chant, um, a very peaceful chant. And the meaning of those words is uh, may all beings be happy and free, and Mm. may I contribute in some way to the happiness and freedom of all. All right. chant that one, I like to really think about the words like you know, am I really able to wish for happiness for every being on earth mm. you know and and so that one is uh, mm-hmm. uh if you can do that that's that's a very deep prayer,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, you talk indeed about uh, in one of your blogs, uh you talk about be able to forgive others and you said, too, there comes a point when the memory is so intense that I have learned, you, not you don't tell anybody else what to do, but you have learned to forgive the soul, to love the soul, but you cannot, you know, you, you, you the personality is a different issue. So <laughs> personality <laughs> is a different issue, anyway. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. You're going to stay another hour? I will
1: stay another hour. we
0: got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, We thought maybe two hours, but I said it's not going to happen. Any case, uh, KathleenCarlson.com. Carlson, spelled K-A-R-L-S-E-N. KathleenCarlson.com. Check it out. We're going to take another break for news and some commercials, and then we will be back with hour number three. Thanks for listening today. We will be right back. Very interesting show, and I, what I really like is your uh, your storytelling. I, I enjoy the way you describe uh, who you are, what you, what you, some of the things you've been going through. Obviously, three hours is never, never enough to explain somebody's life, but uh, I can tell just listening to you, your honesty and your happiness uh, of finding what you're doing today, and your uh, your gratitude. Your, I can just feel there is a gratitude for life. And that is something that I feel you're trying to share. You're doing your best to share with other people and to be able to find the band. Uh, Andrew was an automatic shoe and he drew the, the shortest uh, stick, right? <laughs> well, uh, he
1: he actually, that was a surprise for me because what happened was uh, he did, he helped me buy the harmonium. So mm-hmm. he was, you know, supporting me trying to learn how to do this, but he wasn't part of it. And, you know, he, he has been a musician. He plays guitar, actually, as well as recorder and mm-hmm. sings and now udu drum. Um, he loves folk music. He loves uh, Norwegian, Scandinavian music. He is, he's Norwegian. And uh, Kirtan wasn't uh, his thing. But when I came back from getting some training down in Boulder with Mike Cohen at his Kirtan Leadership Institute and decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start doing this. So I rented space. I was I started with a Renew Studio, a wonderful studio um, near Main Street here in Bozeman, and I just sent out notes to friends. I uh, didn't have you know didn't have a website, didn't have a Facebook page, nothing, and uh, rented it there and set up. Two people came to the first one that I did, and just like two hours before it was supposed to start, uh, Andrew shows up. And he says, "Okay, well, I bought you a microphone and I bought you speakers, and I'm going to play with you." Huh, <laughs> so, wow! So that was that was the first. And then Marius joined us next. Um, he saw my flyer. He had missed the kirtan, but he said, "Oh, I'm really hardcore kirtan. You know, really? let's, let's play together." Huh. And he's in he's in a number of groups. Um, as actually, my husband actually plays with uh, other groups in town now. So um, so it sort of grew from there. And then another woman came and um had played flute when she was like in middle school and said well I don't really sing but you know I could I could start taking flute lessons again and play with you mm-hmm. so we've had a few people come and go and people um it's yeah it's it's really it's really wonderful to have other musicians supporting it as yeah.
0: well yeah yeah it's turned great. into a band yeah, it's so <laughs> funny to to say that when you think about Bajon's enchanting. We got a band. <laughs> exactly. But it must be a, an absolute pleasure. I mean, that you that you have Andrew to share it with and that you uh, both say, you know, you maybe you both get inspired. I see a lot of songs that are written in said original song by you, mm-hmm. Kathleen Carlson. But to me, uh, if you can do something with your spouse who is your best friend, it's really delight it almost feels the sun is a little brighter every day when you wake up yes. that you can do it together yeah that you have somebody in your corner and
1: it, it you know the the skill set matches well because you know he comes from a multimedia background you know he is a he is a video producer that yeah. is what he does for a living uh-huh. and that's what he has uh, education in and so he he knew you know he knows the audio stuff he knows video he knows all the technological stuff you know he he knows the software and you know i'm learning to do it myself because he's got a full time job yeah um so but i've got someone where i can literally call him up at work and say hey can you screen share with me cuz i'm trying to you know edit this piece and audition or i'm trying to create a little video to put on instagram or something and it's fantastic you know just to have someone right there who's yeah. got the equipment and the skills and the willingness so mm-hmm. he is a fantastic support mm,
0: great great when we uh, before we went to the break, uh, after you played some really nice music again, and I hope you do one more piece or maybe two more pieces for the listeners on your harmonium. Um, so for those of you who don't know what an harmonium is, it looks like an like a like a church organ, but then only two feet wide Mini. and about a foot a foot and a half deep. And it has one of those uh, squeeze things on the front uh, that, that 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 as an audience member you see. And it squeezes like an accordion, and it, uh, it, it kind of causes a uh, an air effect, an, an echo effect, or what would you call it? No, it, it, makes, it makes a sound. Yeah, right? it makes it a make...
1: nice sound because it, it, uh, the air is going over double reeds, so it's got a bass reed and a treble reed for every note. And the style of playing harmonium... Um, it is a drone instrument. So either you're using a stop on the front, like like the stops on an organ. yeah, um, you know to hold a drone, what I tend to do is hold a drone with one finger and then play the melody with the other fingers. So oh. one hand is pumping, um so the air is going over the reeds, and then the other hand is is holding a drone. I like to hold the drone rather than using the stops um, because then you have a lot more flexibility.
0: You know so well, it, how so, do you hold a drone with one you hold it with so one finger, your it thumb, with a thumb just or you, your, usually
1: your th- usually thumb but sometimes the fifth finger so you're usually holding um you know you have to be holding a drone that is uh consonant not dissonant with the melody that you're playing okay so you know consonants and dissonance will come and go when you're playing up and down with a melody but you know if you held a note that was uh, in her you know, dissonant not not in the harmony for a measure more it starts to uh be annoying (laughs) you know it's uh, like irritating oh yeah yeah, so so, you know so when you're when you're just using uh your fingers to hold a drone but the thing is that on a piano there's a pedal so i used to play the piano um and the pedal is the sustained pedal so that allows the sound to blend so there's nothing like that on a harmonium as soon as you let go of the key, it stops the air, and that stops the sound. So mm-hmm. it would be very abrupt. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're holding a note or holding a drone to make it a smooth sound. And then at the end of a song, for example, you have to hold the keys down as long as you want the sound. But it the is sound.
0: Also, it's also—it's called a harmonium. It's not called a disharmonium. Exactly. Right?
1: It's a harmonium. <laughs> right?
0: It's supposed to be yeah. harmonious.
1: Yeah. So that, you know, so that was the major shift, you know, from piano to harmonium was getting used to only playing with one hand and getting used to, um, you know, sometimes if you're really trying to play a melody and there's a lot of notes in it, you know, you're, uh, and you're holding a note at the same time, you end up with very unusual configurations of your finger. You know, you've got one finger sort of jumping over the other one to get up to the next note and that kind of thing. Right. So it was, you know, it took... It took six months or so, you know, to really get used to the differences.
0: So if you don't use the bellow, the, the squeezing thing, then it doesn't make any sound? It has no sound? Okay. Well, as soon as you stop yeah. pumping on the bellow, yeah.
1: whatever air is left in the instrument will still produce sound. But, but if as you don't that open air dissipates, that then there is no sound.
0: So if you have the bellow closed, closed
1: there is no sound, there's no sound at all.
0: okay. Right. Okay, good. Because I didn't think about it. when hands. when I saw you play, I thought is she trying to get the uh, the special effects out of the instrument, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well,
1: you know, it's funny because people who are musicians um and really pay attention to the subtleties, like uh, some people consider the sign of a good harmonium player to have a smooth and continuous sound. So someone like me um who's not, you know, a virtuoso player, um, I tend to be pumping the bellows with the beat because that just helps me keep time as well. Okay. But some, you know, some people would say, "Oh yeah, yeah, she's really totally amateur because she's just like pumping with a beat." But when I was doing the recordings with a DJ here in town um, and talked to him about that, he said, "Oh no," he said, "Do it the way you do it because when I slow down, then I pump less. Or if I want uh, more volume, if you wanted to get louder, you pump more." He said, "You know." Don't, don't go to that even steady thing that some people admire um, because there's less variation. Oh. So it just, you know, maybe it's just stylistic. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I haven't attempted to master having my left hand do something that's not on the count. Right. Um,
0: wow, very, very interesting. I, I, I mean, I'm sitting over here, I'm looking at it, and, of course, all of you are going like, I don't know what you talking about, but it looks really, it's a beautiful wooden box, that is open, and it really looks like a, like a little mini organ. And like I said, two feet wide, about a foot and a half long, and how high would you say it is? The way it is all folded out, uh, about, a all a yeah. about a foot yep. and a half. Also about a foot and a half. a foot and a half. And then in the front is a, a squeeze, a, a squeezy thing, a bellow, what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you how I how I see it. That people have an idea, but it makes an amazing sound, amazing, amazing uh, machine. So uh, beautiful stuff. When was the first one made? How how old is this hmm. instrument? Is this uh
1: hmm, that I don't know. I mean, is it, hundreds, it was it thousands, was actually it was actually not originally made in India. Oh, it, it was, was made in France. She, I But the Indians took it As over. As you're
0: talking, I'm thinking France. I don't yeah. know why.
1: Yeah. Huh. And I'm not sure when that was. Uh, uh, I really don't know. Yeah, I think it's so hundreds good. of years, it's not thousands. So important. <laughs> but it <laughs> yeah. it's it's quite quite a feat of engineering.
0: It is. I agree. And a beautiful tone that it holds that tone. Well never we, never
1: needs tuned. Is that right? Yeah. If you wanted to so change it is an the, harmonium. Yeah. If if you wanted to change the tuning on it, you would have to file the metal. Uh, what did I call them before? You know, the metal I can't even remember the name. Uh, the things that the air goes across. Wreath? The reeds, that's it. Oh. The reeds. You'd have to file the reeds, reeds to change the yeah. tone so it's going to stay in it's going to stay in tune unless Incredible. like you know unless the warp like uh, the wood itself significantly warped or? or yeah or you get you know you get a piece of you know gravel stuck in there or
0: something huh. but it's pretty solid
2: Five
0: two two eight two five 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 two two. 522 talk so we were talking about mantras and the you anything you repeat to yourself Becomes a mantra is what you say over here. So you got to be careful. You don't uh, when you say a personal tagline. You said, "I love traveling," "I hate running," "I am the best," "I am the worst." Those are all mantras. If you keep repeating it to yourself, it's a it's it's kind of your own little thing, right? Right. So yeah, mantras as coded formulas. So that's that. Now apparently the mantras can have a strong effect on the brain. Uh, you say uh, the pineal gland or pineal gland, pituitary, the thalamus and the hypothalamus. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So so when you are singing, um, you know, the sound is starting like at your diaphragm and through your heart, through your throat, but the sound ends up in your head. So that's where it is, um, you know, bouncing around inside your skull. So your skull is like a resonant chamber. And in the center of your brain is the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, the hypothalamus, the thalamus. So that's where most of the vibration is happening. So, you know, if you if you take voice lessons, often people will be told, you know, to sing through the front of your skull. So you're trying to sing through, you know, like uh, your forehead or through um, the front of your skull, as in, you know, singing through your nose, but not nasally, but just through those bones. So you are vibrating the bones, which are then vibrating these very, very delicate organs in the brain. And those organs, for example, the hypothalamus is, is helping to regulate your body and helping to regulate the chemistry. So regulating your body through the chemistry, um, you know, those, those glands are considered the master glands in the body. Yeah. So what happens then is that, um, oxytocin is released. Mm -hmm. And oxytocin, of course, is the bonding chemical, you know, most well known for the bonding between a mother and a baby during infancy. So oxytocin helps to release the flow of milk for a mother who is going to be uh, nursing a child. Um, But it also has to do with bonding between adults and bonding between people. So oxytocin is released. Um, Dopamine, which is also considered like the friendship chemical. So when you have a connection to someone, um, it releases dopamine. So hanging out with your friends um, is, is good for your brain. Yeah. Um, And then it, it lowers the stress hormones. So cortisol, for example, Mm -hmm. is lowered. And this is group singing, not specifically kirtan, but the studies that have been done. Some have been done with Sanskrit, but um, others are just done with the process of singing in a group. So people come to a group, like um, if you went to group therapy, so you can sit and you can talk about your problems. And that can be extremely helpful. I've done that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also come together and you can chant. So you could sing in any tradition or no tradition, or you can get together and sing pop songs. So a sing along. Sure. So even with a sing along where you're not, where you don't have um, a particular sacred or devotional purpose or self improvement or anything like that in mind, uh, the chemicals are still released. So something happens when people are singing together. Breathing together, their heartbeat starts to synchronate, uh, synchronize, and and then these chemicals are released. So there have been studies done now showing that that group singing is more effective for relieving depression, anxiety, isolation, than group mm. therapy, than talk mm. therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and I think you know depression, anxiety, and isolation are huge, huge problems um, in our culture and modern cultures today.
0: It is, um, and this there's is. There's more people. Is, there's more people, but there's more loneliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: this is, you know, group singing is an antidote. And then for me, when you add uh, the sacred aspect, or even if you just look at it as a self transformation, you know, I'm singing consciously to transform myself, to be more loving, to be, you know, um, more uh, fulfill my potential in whatever way, you know, that is necessary, then you've got a whole nother layer on top of it. So I think then, then you've got the brain science going, you've got all the chemicals going, and now you have a psychological level and you have a spiritual level as well.
0: There is actually research done on the effect of sound and harmony on brain levels and cell levels in general mm-hmm. and that to me is uh, so exciting i i've known for a long time about about the swiss scientist hans jenny, hans jenny yeah. in uh, who in 1949 i think discovered back in the day i mean what do we know at the time but that when you actually create um sound even if you cannot hear it when you run that through a combination of machines, it's just fascinating how men were thinking about it at the time because I have seen pictures where you just see four or five machines and then they would end up with something called an an oscillator which converts sound into vibration. And then he would have a little plate on top of the oscillator like a half inch on top above it and put substance on it and by changing the sound you could actually create a vibration that would change the shape, the pattern, the pattern, and um, we can talk about it because you probably know a lot more about it than I do. But that is a uh, that's fascinating. That indeed sound creates form, and I think that all of us need to understand more how that works because it's um, how do I say it's it's one of these important things that. We have to become more aware what we say, how, and whatever we do. So anyway, we've got to take a break. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I'm yapping away. Folks, uh, stay tuned. We will be right back. Everybody, welcome back to Gesundheit with Jacobus. This was a, a song by Kathleen Carlson, who is my guest on the program today. She wrote a book called Vocal Medicine: Transformation Through Sound. She is uh, she plays a beautiful instrument that you heard. It's called harmonium. She sings along with it. Some songs are original. Uh, many songs, this is kind of where it started, in the East, in the Far East, songs to, that were devotional to many different deities that are uh, revered in the East. And songs have been written about it, about Lakshmi and Krishna and Buddha. And uh, But when it comes to singing like this, the Shakti singing, the Shakti bliss, uh, you can sing gospel songs, you can sing Jewish songs, Hebrew songs, you can different songs that express a certain devotion to God. And that is what uh, Kathleen is doing. She, she started a small band. It's called the Shakti Bliss Kirtan Band. Kirtan means singing in a group setting. And then specifically devotional songs, I would mm-hmm. say, right? Yes. And so she gets together. There is a website, kathleencarlson.com. Carlson spelled K A R L S E N. Kathleencarlson.com. You can find different links to music, to art, to the Shakti band. You can also go to Shakti, which is spelled S H A K T. I, Shakti Bliss Kirtan, Kirtan K I R T A N, K I R T A N, Shakti where you also find a bunch of information and music and photos of the band members. It's, uh, it's very pleasant to look at. And once a month for sure, she'll be in Bozeman doing an, an hour, hour and a half session with people, kind of a get together. You can come sing along. Um, pay a little entry fee to pay for the expenses. But uh, you come out of there in a, with a different feeling, very positive. So thanks for being here. Thanks for spending three hours with me. Yes,
1: you're welcome. Yeah, That's I'll great. be
0: stuck here by myself for an hour. It's, uh, this is much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as we are discussing this, uh, just at the end of the last half hour, I was talking about this Swiss scientist, Hans Jenny. And uh, you wanted to say something about him as well.
1: Yeah, there's, um, there is a yantra, which is a physical, it's a symbol, a visual symbol, uh, similar to mandalas. Mandalas tend to be more in the Buddhist tradition, yantras are more in the Hindu tradition. So a yantra is a symbol, and there is a symbol called the Sri Yantra, and that is the most well-known um, symbol um, in the yantra tradition, and when... When uh, you do what, what Hans Jenny did in cymatics, where you take a sound and you sound it and there's a plate often with, uh, you know, with steel shavings on it or water or whatever, or and you're or seeing, flower, yeah, yeah, and you see what, you know, what form comes out. So when they do that and they use the sound OM, it comes out with a series of triangles, nine interlocking triangles, which is exactly what is in the Sri Yantra which has been for thousands of years now considered Mm. to be the visual out picturing of OM. So it's like science now proving that the inner connection that um, was understood uh, thousands of years ago um, is actually a physical thing. So that's, that's the origin of the vocal medicine idea is that this is, it doesn't just work on a um, sort of woo woo, you know, spiritual kind of level, but this is actually creating something physically. So every word you speak, every word you sing, sequences of words that you sing in a mantra, they are creating form. And so what we're looking for is to create a harmonious form, to create a strong form, you know, to create a form that is um,
0: uplifting mm. uh, for ourselves and anyone who participates. The fact that the technology was not that developed, apparently, thousands of years, thousands of years ago. How is it possible that this symbol, the Sri Yantra yep. symbol, um, was already known to yogis and Buddhas back in the day when it took till 1950s or 60s or 70s before we found were able to imitate that and find out that it was indeed connected to the om. Um People are talking about previous continents, we have many heard about Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Is this a remnant of the continent of Atlantis that where the technology was and the te- technology was far advanced than where we are today is what people are saying?
1: That, that is definitely a possible hypothesis. I have not seen anything or read anything that directly connects those in any way. Um, but that is possible. I've thought of that myself. The other thing is that it was simply, it simply came about by their own inner attunement. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a very, uh, very busy, loud Mm -hmm. life that we live compared to a very quiet meditative life. So, you know, it's also possible that people who spent decades in deep meditation would be able to feel and see interconnections that we don't necessarily see when we're just, you know, distracted with uh, the more. The more outer kind of uh, life that we all tend to live hmm. so but I do think it is possible that there yeah. there were technologies that have been lost that prove the same thing that
0: we're now reproving yeah yeah I, wow that's uh that's really something I mean you know, Hans Jenny what he did for science and sound and uh, making people understand how rhythm and sound can really create um shape we can also therefore there are those who actually care about it i'm one of them that the whole development of the cell phones you know people say well energy and some of you are listening you're like what are you talking about energy energy doesn't what are you talking about but i've asked people do you have a cell phone yes tell me how you can communicate with somebody on a cell phone either in another room texting or on the other part of the world. Almost immediate response, you can talk to each other by phone without wires. There's no wire going to a satellite. It's uh, a long wire, right? Uh, Literally, all of us can be connected somehow with another person at any time during the day and night. Uh, uh, That is done because of energy. Uh, Yes, we lay down wires or cables in the ground, and that helps. That's important for the base. But as far as the actual signal, it's all energy. So energy exists. It has just never been more physical as today with all the wireless technology that we have. But that doesn't, therefore, a lot of things in history that we were not always able to explain could actually be explained because they were energy. And if people are able to connect with the past or connect to the future somehow in their being, in their consciousness, then we say, well, that's ridiculous. But it is energy. It works for them and they have that gift. So I I think that the technology today and what started in my opinion with somebody like Hans Jenny, was really, um is really been huge as far as us all understanding and expanding our awareness so to say about what's going on.
1: You know, one of the one of the beauties of what's happening now is that science is starting to in effect prove the principles that have been inherent in both art and music forever. Yeah. So for example, the impressionists who became and to this day is the most popular genre So that, you know, Impressionism is bought more, reproductions are bought more than any other type of art. And that was the first form of art that was actually created on a scientific basis. So there was a French chemist who developed, um, he developed the the dyes for the tapestries that were used in the French courts. And they were very, very proud. This was a great source of national pride. And they wanted to make sure that their tapestries remained the most beautiful in the world. So they hired this man as a chemist full-time to work with dyes to try to get the most intense colors possible. Huh. And when he had, his name was uh, Miguel Chevrel. and when he had developed the dyes as intensely as possible, then he started to recognize that when he placed certain colors next to other colors, that they appeared to be more intense, even though they were the same. So... So he started experimenting and figured out which colors placed next to which colors would give the most vibrancy. And it had to do with the science of how our eyes see. So when your eye is going from one color to another, your eyes are oscillating. So when there's a certain level of contrast between those colors, your eyes are oscillating at a different rate. So it's it's a principle that we have in nature called regular irregularity. So if you look at a, a tree... If that tree, if all of the leaves on the tree were identical, it would not be attractive and pleasing. You would lose the aesthetics. It has to have a certain amount of irregularity. So mm. so the leaf is blowing, um, but the leaf is attached to the tree, so it can only blow within certain parameters. So you have the same principle in music. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's very effective and it's very soothing, you know, just to your nervous system when you repeat a chant for a period of time because you have the parameters of the chant it's a certain melody at a certain point it begins to repeat maybe there's a variation but then it repeats but every time that chant is sung there's a slight variation so there is a regular irregularity about that music hmm. which is similar to this principle in the visual arts that is very soothing to the nervous system I see. and and you don't have to you don't have to as as a musician you don't have to introduce it. It just happens naturally. Every time you sing, your voice is going to have a slightly different inflection. Uh, the volume may change slightly. The musicians may play a slightly different rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that regular irregularity, which, which for whatever reason is just very, hu- very soothing to us as humans. That's one of the reasons why we love being in nature, because yes. we have that.
0: And that is also why certain music, even though the words may not be that way, can cause a lot of disharmonious, uh, um, you know, I, I, you've, some, I've heard people say before, you never see a fight break out at a classical concert. Uh, no. You know? no. But it's interesting but. because the, the melodies are very, uh, they're very soothing and, and uplifting, whereby uh, sometimes heavy rock... Even though I don't mind listening to it, but I can imagine that if you listen to that through, I don't know, a thousand loudspeakers, that you, you, you're bouncing around and it can cause a lot of energetic uh, uh, disharmony.
1: Yeah. You know, there was a very graphic example of the power of the arts in the negative sense, as you're, as you're speaking about, that happened in 1997. It was called um, the Pokemon Shock Syndrome. Okay. And so Pokemon at the time was, you know, top of the charts, you know, all over the world, you know, millions probably of kids were watching this show, you know, very, very successful financially. And so they showed a particular episode um, and there were 700 kids in Japan that ended up going to the hospital Mm -hmm. because they had blurred vision, they had headaches, they passed out, they had seizures, they had nausea. Um, and the show was actually taken off the air. So this is just kids watching a TV. You know, this isn't like being at a concert, like full, you know, full immersion. And they took the show off the um, off the air for four months and did scientific investigations to figure out what happened. Um, and so it was just a sequence. It was a combination of a sequence of flashing lights and different colored lights. And then, of course, there's music going on um, that created uh, a form of photosensitive epilepsy Hmm. with many of these children so you're right you know it can go the other direction as well you know it can be um it can be it's very very powerful Hmm. so if you know if overused or used in the wrong direction it could be detrimental um if used in a positive direction you are creating form and it can be
0: very healing Hmm. Hmm. yeah and 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 uh what is it, 20 years ago or so, a book was written called The Mozart Effect. Mm -hmm. And it explains how the music of uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart really has an effect positively on young children's and also adults' brain. Uh, Finding harmony, balance, uh, concentration better, it's easier. There is something about the specific music that he wrote that has that effect different yeah. than a than a bach or vivaldi there's something about the mozart and therefore then you have the the priest the monks uh, with the chanting which is something like you're doing but the chanting became very popular in the early to mid 90s i think there was a cd a couple of cds came out called chant yeah. and uh, very powerful stuff and i you catholic i grew up catholic those were indeed um moments when i heard monks sing in in this style it was uh it's very right away you if you talk about drawing immediate attention or change feeling immediate change you listen to chanting by monks you're automatically you there is no way that you can feel angry uh you just calm down immediately i don't know if you have ever had that feeling but that's something that I that I have experienced when I listen to that music. It's just uh, just extremely peaceful and calm. I don't know if anybody else has had that experience, but uh, if you can check that out. So yes, music, rhythm, sound, um, all has is energy. It's all energy, and it, it 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 energy affects the physical body. Certain vibrations affect the mind. Others affect the emotions, and there are those who are more on a spiritual level where you feel inspired you feel the spirit flow through you and you uh you just yeah like i said you feel inspired Mm -hmm. so great stuff
1: yeah and there is um i one of the things that i studied when i was in graduate school and that i wrote uh, a master's thesis about you know the connection between color and sound in is that when an infant is born one of the reasons why infants is one of the reasons is believed that they have a very strong startle reflex is that their senses are still merged so when you turn on a light when they see a color they're also hearing a sound um, so everything is merged if you touch an infant it may actually produce a color in their brain or it may produce a sound in their brain so up until four months all of those senses are are merged and then they start to segregate so as an adult um, most of us do not have all of our senses merged so you know if you're listening to a song you don't necessarily see a color in your brain but there are people called synesthetes they have a condition called synesthesia uh, where those those senses remain merged so if you you know some of them if you touch their elbow it creates the color orange so the touch mm. is connected smell is connected um, if they hear a sound, it creates a color. Or if they see a color, they hear a sound associated with it. And it's very, very individual. So you're not going to say that, you know, a bee is always blue, for example. Right. Um, you know, it, even within the same family, because there is a genetic connection there, you know, the father and the daughter who are sinus seats. you know, one may say, well, you know, the tone bee is green, and the other one says, no, 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 it's always yellow, you know. So, so at any rate, there's... So um, how was that called? Synesthesia. Sinus. Synesthesia.
0: How do you spell sinus in this case? Let's
1: see. S Y N E S T H E S I A.
0: S I A. And that, you know,
1: the condition of synesthesia has also been associated with a variety of musicians and artists, you know, through the centuries. So there are particular uh, classical musicians who. Uh, would say, "I want this piece to be azure," you know, and everyone was supposed to know that means I want it written in B, you know. Yeah. So, so there have been uh, artists. It's it's sometimes considered to be the the artistic. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a disease, but you know, a, a characteristic related to people who are are great artists. I don't personally have that condition. I just studied it because it was related to my desire to combine the arts.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I, um, I think it is all part of it. I think the the, the your interests in life and the things that life had, have offered you have made you who you are today. And therefore, like you say, you haven't studied it, you haven't focused on it specifically, but it has come into your life and you're using yeah. it. And if you hadn't known, You wouldn't have the fullness in your sound. You wouldn't have the fullness in your music and in your art and your paintings that you have today. So it's all part of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And this is definitely, you know, for me, I feel very strongly that this is one of the major things that um, I came into life that I wanted to do. For example, when I was a teenager, um, I had been saving money since i was nine years old or something and when i got to be 16 or 17 had a driver's license could be independent you know had a few hundred bucks um i found that the edgar casey organization which was in virginia beach about an hour from where i lived at the time yeah they were offering a conference on the ancient healing temples of egypt i mean of atlanta of egypt of egypt yeah and so so you were mentioning you know the connection with ancient civilization yeah. so i went to that And, um, I remember, you know, at the time, of course, I'm a teenager, you know, going through the usual, you know, throes of being a teenager and wasn't sure that there was a God, for example. And, uh, so one night they started a meditation and they played Pachelbel's Canon. And when I heard that music, I thought, okay, that's it. There's a God. For whatever reason, I couldn't imagine that such beauty could be possible and if there wasn't a God, then then music itself was God. you know I see. So I had I a very, see. you know very deep um, sense of that. And then, as the week went on, they were discussing the fact that in the the Egyptian pyramids that they were sound chambers, mm. and that they were used for healing. So Edgar Casey himself had been he, in his readings, where he would, you know, go to sleep in effect, go into a trance, and he yeah. would yeah. he would uh, uh, speak out loud, and they would write down everything he said. Um, He actually was Christian to start Uh and then started giving what they were calling readings and gave a reading of a past life of his own, which was uh, a huge conflict for him because uh, he didn't believe in past lives. Mm -hmm. But this particular one was that he had been a missionary in Egypt, that he had been uh, going out across the world uh, preaching just the religion of the one God. Mm. And when he went back to Egypt, he was over 100 years old. They took him into one of these temples and used sound and color and reversed his age. Basically, he was in his 20s again and they sent him out on another mission. I thought, wow, you know, could sound and color be Incredible. that powerful? Huh. You know, so whether I'm ever going to uh, learn uh, how to uh, work with it at that level, I mm. don't know. But I did know at that point. You know this is this is key for me. You know that at some point in my life, that this is what I will be working with, working towards, um, and it just didn't come about uh, until you know I got the education and everything. But then you know life happens, and yeah. and I'm I'm grateful for all of the things sure. that I've done in my life. Um, but it's it's like all coming back now. Like mm. okay, you know how do you use these things and chanting? Mm. You know when I found chanting was. Was the you know really keep me back into that in a very very strong way?
0: Wow, I um, it's very impressive. I I think that you you really you know obviously this is a gift that you have, but there is your gift is going together with your passion and the fact that you have found people who not only join you during a kirtan. But also the people who play with you in the kirtan enhances what you have to offer, and uh, it is a homo- and and I know that as they play along with you, they get something out of it as well, and uh, so it is really a, a beautiful thing. And I I know there is a caller trying to get in, but we are out of time, and I don't want to I cannot take the call anymore. So um, my apologies, caller. We I wanted Kathleen to finish her story, and uh, at this point I cannot take the call. So I want to thank you, Kathleen, very Absolutely. much for it was being here.
1: Great joy to be
3: here. Thank yeah, you. thank
0: you. And and to be honest with you, based on the agenda that we still have to talk about, you should come back. Okay. And then we can repeat some of what we did, and then we can move on into other topics that you want to discuss because there's a lot of wisdom that uh, I'm sure people would enjoy listening to. So thank you very much for being here, Kathleen. I wish you all the best, Kathleen Carlson dot com please check the website kathleen carlson k-a-r-l-s-e-n dot com and then check out also when the shakti bliss kirtan band is playing again the, the next one should be on thursday april thursday. 4th this thursday montana lotus seven o'clock okay and then next uh in a few weeks we'll see you next week